Hi, everyone. It's Bill Smith from Classic Camera Revival. Before we start this episode, I want to dedicate it to the memory of my mom, Yvonne Smith. She left us on Sunday afternoon, May 28th. Uh, my brother and I were at her bedside right to the end. I'm, I think she was our, both my brother and I, her, our biggest cheerleader in our endeavors, creatively, professionally. She will be sadly missed by friends and family, and she is well loved. Now on with the show. Yeah, Classic Camera Revival. We're a show about gearhead. We're about gear, film, and stuff. And we sort of went off and did this in the loop series where we chat with photographers and we go deep in with the creative process. Well, it won't be this kind of episode. Instead, <laughs> we bring you the pinky and the brain of the film photography podcasting community. We're not quite sure who is pinky and who is the brain. They can decide amongst themselves. So let's welcome Gabe Sachs and Jeffrey Greenstein back to Classic Camera Revival. Let's roll the intro right about now. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. And we're back. <laughs> welcome, Gabe. Welcome, Jeff. How are things? Oh, my gosh. gosh. It's uh, great to be here. Yes. Uh, sorry for your loss, Bill. I know what that's like yeah. to parent. And uh, we are very grateful to be with you on this show, especially a signal show dedicated to um, That's really an honor. And we're very happy to be back and eager to chat with you. Uh, the pinky and the brain thing has really thrown me. I may need a minute. <laughs> I tossed Jeffrey a certain ball, and he's sitting there going, "Hey, I'm the fight. I know which one am I? Me. I don't. Know. Interesting. How do I come back from this one? <laughs> oh man! Uh, all I know is Pinky in the Brain is, you know, clearly a reference to uh, Bill's questionable and likely misspent youth. So, um, <laughs> not sure if this is the best foot to start off on, but uh, yeah. hey, we're all here. <laughs> well, exactly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> of course. So, how are things with you guys down in LA? Um, have you been out shooting much lately? Well, I'll tell you, you know, the writer strike has been, you know, put a little dent in our usual schedule. So we are, um, uh, I am definitely shooting more. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff is traveling more. Um, but, uh, you know, now it's even more of an excuse. Late night eBay sort of perusals where you're just going, well, I do I really need that? And then you just get it. It sounds like you've been chatting with my brother because he recently picked up a Lycaflex SL. Oh, oh boy! Yeah. Oh yeah. boy! Well, he he is an equity partner at a global uh, a global accounting firm, and they're uh, mergers and acquisitions and global tax practice. Ah, say that real fast. He can afford the nice toys. <laughs> yeah. Like it, like it. Yeah, that's 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 there's been a lot of nights where I'm texting Jeff and going, "Do you know about this? Do you know yeah. about this lens? Do you know about this camera?" And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny because my guess these days I'm focusing more on le just lenses because I got uh -huh. enough bodies and I right. don't need any more. And considering my circumstances, I may have to unload a few, you know, because I'm living in the family house and yeah, at right. some point right. I'm moving to condominium and right. I have right. to get rid of a lens mount system. So yeah. 
So, Gabe, in your uh, in your late night eBay misadventures, is Jeff more of an enabler or is he uh, the voice of reason in the middle of the night? See, here's the thing. Jeff is definitely an, an enabler. I am the voice of reason for him, but it's not much of a help because I'm an enabler as well. But Jeff has made some purchases recently that are um, pretty amazing. And if you heard our last adventure at the X-Pan, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I, Give us the gory details. Okay. Yeah, we want to hear. All right, I'll Sorry. try and compact this, okay? Um, last summer, I was on a trip to London, and I went to my favorite camera shop, which is near the British Museum. It's called Camera City. This is where I got my beloved Alpa 11SI that I never stopped talking about on our show. The mm -hmm. only one I've ever seen in person, okay? So I went back to this camera shop, and there in the window was a Hasselblad X-Pan a camera I have sworn never to buy, a camera that we have devoted entire episodes to recruiting esteemed photographers to talk me out of buying, but I bought it anyway. So I am did something you should never ever do, which is I impulsively brought an electronic camera, okay? And then it proceeded to utterly change my life. And I'm very sorry, gentlemen, for those of you who have not used this machine, because I'm going to make you want one. It uh -oh. is an absolute one-of-a-kind 35-millimeter masterpiece. Once you get used to shooting that 16 by 9 aspect ratio, that cinematic aspect ratio, you can never go back to 4.3. It's like going back to an old <laughs> tube TV after watching HD TV, okay? Uh, I, it just utterly spoiled me. It wiped out every other camera for me, and the last 10 months have been all about that. But... Uh, but so I've been doing a lot of traveling this year. Okay. I have been to New York a lot uh, and I was planning a trip to Paris and I thought what better place to take my beloved X-Pan two days before the trip, that camera failed catastrophically and in exactly the way that I knew it would. I just did not think it would happen so soon. Right. So oh, what to do? What to do? And I'm going to compact a lot of action into a few sentences. I bought an X-Pan 2 from a dealer. Uh, it turned out that camera did not work as advertised, so I returned it. Then I went to New York and I bought another X-Pan 1 uh, because I did not have time to get my machine serviced before the trip to Paris. So hmm. I took the new machine to Paris. It was amazing. I just took it to London to do some concert photography. It was amazing. I have been told by our trusty camera repair guy that the first X-Pan is now functional again. I am afraid of it. If any of you guys want to buy it, let me know. Um, <laughs> or if you want to buy a car, the probably more sense. Or if you want to buy a car, that is a more <laughs> sensible investment because it might last longer that's, than 10 that's months. That's what I think. Yes. So mm. a lot of my toing and froing the last several, last month or two has been all about X-Pan related drama. I did buy this. Can you guys see this? I did buy a pair of Mamiya 35 millimeter cameras this past week, a 1000 DTL and the Ooh. hitherto unknown to me 2000 DTL. Ooh. And I'm very eager to try those out. But other than that, it's been all X-Pan all the time. I said that all pretty fast. I actually got a lot of anguish <laughs> into just maybe 180 seconds. Right. It's funny. Sure. I've never seen the Mamiya screw mount 35 millimeter slrs in my neck of the woods like i've been to my share of local camera yeah. shops yeah but it's like yeah it's weird some brands have more presence in certain geographic areas for some reason australia they really love pentax down under. yeah yeah uh look how lovely oh oh i love the brass i think i saw that on you know, yeah. your instagram feed. I, mean, I like that 
This is a beautiful machine. I mean, to mm. me, it looks like a Spotmatic. Lovely lowercase logo. Oh, hell, you could use the uh, Pentax lenses on it. Exactly. It's M42 mount. And you know uh, what? This camera, na- I want you to name another baseline consumer 35 millimeter from the era. You see this? See this? S-A. You can switch between spot and averaging meter. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. I've How never seen about that. that, gentlemen? Name another camera. There Maybe is the no. Olympus no. 35 SP? Maybe. No. no. But look SP. at that SP. right there. Maybe the OM4TI, but that's like late 80s, early 90s. Right. Exactly. Right. This is like 75 or something. Because so, it's just, yeah. Isn't the Spotmatic a bit of a misnomer anyway? Yes. Yes, oh, it yeah. is. It, it's a, it, the original ones it's were stopped metering. But look the, at that. This little slider. I mean, and this is what we, what Gabe and I call a trash table camera. Like these mm-hmm. Mumia cameras end up at the end of the camera show. You know, they're in a plastic bucket for $5. Yeah. Like, and it's amazing. And by the way, this one was sold. I bought this on eBay and it was advertised as not working. Uh, works. How's the battery? I, I haven't put a battery in it yet because oh, it doesn't okay. have a battery cover. But oh, well, that's fine. the 1000 yeah. has a battery cover. Okay, but check 16, it out. You're in LA. It never rains. <laughs> Look, guys. That's Funk Soul Brothers. One oh, two thousandth of a second. Oh, nice. One two thousandth and spot an averaging meeting. If I can get this thing working, I'm going to start a trend like Kim. <laughs> you're going to you're going to use it. The um the other late night thing I bought that's so interesting is I had never I had gone back in Canon, but I had never used the Canon. Oh. Like I guess one of their first. Oh, the early ones. Oh, I saw like a really yeah. cool local photo walk a couple of years back. Oh, wow. I had never seen it. And then there was someone in Japan who had one that was severely brass. And uh, but he loved the camera. He had never seen one in black. Not expensive at all. But I got it and I love it. It's I mean, it's a tank, you know, Mm. very, very heavy. But, you know, it's one of those cameras. I just and the meter works, which is funny. Have any of y'all used Canon Flex? I have an R2000, which is another machine with a 2000 shutter speed. Wow. Most of my Canon gear is all um, EF mount. Yes, here. Yeah, so yeah. the autofocus. Yeah, stuff, yeah, my stuff's yeah. FD, like it's strictly kind of seventies, and yeah. I got two Canon rangefinders, the P and the Seven. Great, how is those the are seven? so underrated. I love them. Oh, the Canon rangefinders. It's like if you can't swing Leica, look at the Canon series. It's like you can get a seven for what three hundred US, in yeah, good right. shape, yeah. and you know you splurge on the lens because those Canon lenses do tend to haze up bad. So yeah, drop the 400 US, you'll thank yourself later because repair tech won't curse you, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. I was you got a light killer right there. Yeah, very much. Yeah. I and I was actually, that. I was walking through downtown Milton. I was using a um, new Mamiya 6 mm-hmm. and um, a guy walked up to me and said, oh, is that, is that the new 6? Is that a new Mamiya 6? I'm like, yeah, it is. And he was a Canon P shooter. So, oh, wow. Yeah. There, I was really surprised when I finally got one. I don't know why I ignored them for so long, but when I finally got, I got a Canon P and it was, I think it was like uh-huh. 250. It was not expensive oh. at all. No, they're not. I they're, was, you yeah. can get one. They can get them dirt cheap still. It's yeah, relatively speaking. But, yeah. So right. I was surprised not only at how inexpensive they are, but how refined they are. Like mm-hmm. that is not, you know, when you use, I love Olympus rangefinders, but when you use them, you know, you are using a sort of cheaper like consumer level. Well, camera. it's the it's the it's the Aunt Betty camera. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Your Aunt Betty. They pull them yes. out for special occasions, and they're probably running on that same roll of film that went from like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the Canon P feels like a Leica M3. 
You know, it really mm-hmm. feels well machined and yeah, like it's got the, some weight to it. It's got yeah, little, and yeah. the advance and the shutter—it just—it's really feels very refined, like a real well, like, I precision just, instrument. With that camera, I bought the um, I actually the same dealer, the the uh, the Canon uh, 51.4 LTM, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah, I mean, I just oh, the I LTM never, is the Japanese. I never used device. it. I yes. never used it. I never knew about it. I just I maybe seen someone with it, but I've never really used it and I love it. I what really body do. are you shooting then on? Uh well I got the um the adapter. So I shot oh. it on the three. Yeah. On the, the old Leica three. It's um such a fun well we're talking like a three F or we're talking Barnack? No, the, yeah, yeah, the three, the nineteen thirty four three. Oh, wow. oh the original sale. three. And uh, it's uh, it's terrific. I just love that lens. I just yeah. I've shot it on my dad's M3. I've shot it on an M42 that I own, and it's oh, wow. currently on the seven. So I also got a 51.8 from the 60s and a 35.18 Canon LTM, which is a Ooh. really nice lens. Is it sharp? Like, what's that lens? I don't know that lens. Oh, it well, it's funny. My brother has the 35 f2. Right. I have the he loves eight. it. He swears by it, but it's okay. like the 3518. Mine's slightly older than his. Uh-huh. And you don't need a lens hood for it because the front element is so recessed. Right. Right. If you, if you try and put a, a lens hood on it, you'll just vignette. And it's just like, <laughs> and then you're cropping like Mac going and cursing yourself. And then you realize you try it without the lens hood. Oh, I don't need the lens hood. Okay. Right. Yeah. I would invest filters on the front to protect because they are old elements and they're right. not making them anymore yeah. but yeah 3518 i cannot recommend that lens enough if you oh, can, great you can't find them i bought yeah. it off my repair tech last gentleman gary clannon or lens medic yyc who's currently working on an, a gen 1 nikon f photomic with the flag finder oh yeah, yeah. flag switch so he'll be working on that in three weeks so i'll have that back up and running because i'm a nikon guy and oh, yeah good. You know, I, I have, will tell I, you, I, uh, I, I am the home for wayward F's and F's to F2s. <laughs> oh, then, Bill, you're the perfect person to ask this. So I was in New York mm-hmm. and I was at B&H mm-hmm. and he pulled out an icon F. Mm-hmm. But all I was obsessed with was that clip on meter. I just thought it looked so cool. Oh, and the selenium like, meter. Yeah, yes. the clip on meter. <laughs> yeah, that, that was very early. That would have been like 60... Probably from 1959 to when they introduced. Yeah, that's, that would be 59. Yeah, for sure. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I just loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing. And he goes, "Don't worry, it doesn't work." Like oh, the, stuff like that. Good luck with conversation that. pieces. It's like yeah, most of the flag finders, the innards have died, but mine registers light. Yeah, it meters. Cool. It just needs a lot of TLC. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. But actually, the one Nikon F body that I. I was at my local camera store. It was a black Nikon F with a 640 serial number. So it was made in January 1960. It was owned by a former sports sports photographer who covered the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, wow. Wow. Did it have the old triangular Nippon Kogaku logo on it? Oh, yeah. That's so cool. That is great. Oh, yeah. And it's funny. I, I kind of told my brother about it. I just sort of left him a voicemail. I think I should I get this. Yeah, I'll think about it. So I was driving home. I picked up the film I was getting present. My brother calls me. I'm like, and I'm my hands free in my car. And Bill, get the camera. <laughs> Got off the exit. That's right great. Around, went down the QEW back to 
Guelph wine and went and bought it. It was, for, oh, that's great. It was like 250 Canadian dollars. So it'd be like oh, 175 right. US. All right, Bill, you've given me the perfect entree to put this to the CCR crew about yes. a recent experience I had at a London camera show. I don't know if you guys heard our most recent episode, but let me roll this out for you. I'm at a camera show, the Photographica camera show, which is the biggest camera show in Britain. And it just happened to be the weekend I was there. Uh, as I'm about to leave, mm. my jaw drops when I see an Ilford witness. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. The oohs are warranted. There was an Ilford wow. witness for sale. As you guys know, only 350 of these exist. It was Ilford. You were attempt. allowed to take it home with you? It was oh, for I sale. Wish. It was How for much? sale. Get ready. $11,000. Dollars or pounds? 8,800 pounds. Okay. $11,000. Wow. That, that's a good European vacation. It is. It, it's a good yeah. European vacation home. Yeah, it's <laughs> France. You, you could buy a cottage in the Pyrenees for eleven thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I took a hard, hard, hard look at it, and if I had not been hemorrhaging cash because of this X-Pan misadventure times two, <laughs> uh, would I take it? None of you guys would have, uh, as Bill said, like turned the car around. You would, you would have walked I past. Have the car. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Any of you guys? Witness, my first question is: Would they have allowed you to take it out of the country? It would be like. The only thing oh, I know exists. It's heritage property, and it's like, oh yeah, it would be yeah. like it's an like, Elgin marble out of the country. It, it's like <laughs> it's like no, you're not taking it back to America, mate. <laughs> exactly. I have yeah. only seen photos of this thing in camera museums. I yeah. assume they were like all in private collections. But this guy says he bought it in an estate sale six months ago, uh, and he is this, and that's a fair price because I've nice. seen. Online auction houses sell these things for 20000 But what do they shoot like? That's my biggest question. It's it, like, I'm sure it's a collector thing. It's like, yeah. I, just, yeah. I wonder if it's um, one of those things that doesn't take great pictures. Oh, that thing probably never well, leaves, leaves it, a it, glass it, cabinet. Yeah. yeah. I, I forget the, um, the, like, the lens manufacturer. I know it was an NSA. Dahlmeyer. Yeah, Dahlmeyer. I didn't know anything about Dahlmeyer, but the the stock lens, there were two different stock lenses, but the one this one has was a Dahlmeyer lens, which I've only seen making cinema lenses, if I'm not mistaken. It's not a lens. They make another, there's another camera they make lenses. I can't remember what it is. Wow. It sounds like Ingenue in some ways with their lenses. They made a few camera lenses, but they focus. Yes, exactly. Or like, uh, you know, Kern making lenses for Alpa. But he pointed, he showed me it had a, it was compatible with like a thread mount, but the Dahlmeyer lens had an interrupted thread so that it was effectively a bayonet. I, I don't even understand this, but apparently the Dahlmeyer lens that was mated to the camera that it was designed to work with, you could mount faster because you could line up this notch in the screw and push it and turn it, and it would mount faster than screwing in. Less threads, but you yeah. could mount like a screw mount lenses to it. So oh. to answer your question, Gabe, it probably shoots a lot like a like a thread mount camera. Mm. Right, right. But gourd. Yeah, what <laughs> condition was it in? Uh, I mean, I would say 85%. I mean, the guy said he let me fire it, which blew my mind. Uh, and uh, you know, he said it's a little draggy at the slower shutter speeds. It probably needs to be serviced, but the shutter curtain, which is cloth, you know, focal plane was intact right. and, and yeah. it, 
seem to be firing normally and it's like Interesting. but i'm you know but i'm never going to shoot with that guys yeah I mean, no yeah, yeah. yeah i mean yeah it what, stays yeah. in a bank vault <laughs> yeah exactly. appreciating in value yeah yeah like last oh, time yeah. i looked at the market value of one of those i think they were going anywhere like for one that was in really good condition around anywhere between 13 to 15,000 US. Yeah. Wow. And then if you found a mint one with the lens on it upwards of 20 to 25k. So Yeah. 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 Crazy. So and I know and I really I thought I mean I took the guy's number but I thought I am never going to see this is no. never going no. to happen. No. You know? Someone's going to buy it and it's going to disappear into some collection at a country house and near Oxford or Bath. Well, yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> I mean, you've ever had an experience like that, seeing like a heart stopping camera like that? Nothing that crazy in in my experience. That person, there is a local dealer named Citadel Studios. I know them. Yes. I've bought from them. They've had like an an original MP, you know, like of it. And it's like you look at the price and it's like, wow, I could just hand over the keys of a brand spanking new Porsche 911 Turbo for that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Here I you mean, go. Yeah. <laughs> well, this wait, sort of I, thing appeals to a particular market and demographic. Yeah. You know, right, I mean, right. it's, yeah. I, like, if you're happy with, you know, seeing tens of thousands of dollars on your shelf and it makes you oh. feel good, then, hey, and you have to do it. My, bla- my Black Knight Con F from 1960 gets used. Yeah. See, that's the best. That's, well, that's, that's like Gabe, Gabe has a heart stopper, right? Your M4, your black M4, right? Yeah, that, that B&H offered to buy back for me this a few weeks ago. Oh, really? There. <laughs> yeah. I've I, got a BH story that might that happened with my brother. And this happened probably 15 years ago. Right. My brother was at Deloitte at the time. I was working for myself doing some copywriting. And, I'm, you know, I get a call from my brother. And he, you know, I wound up with dad's Nikon F. It had a 641 serial number. Actually, I'm shooting with it oh, today. Wow. So my brother, of course, wanted the same camera. So he didn't, you know, when the estate was divvied up 18 years ago, he got some nice things. I got some nice things. So he mm-hmm. wanted to replicate my nice things. And anywho, so he wanted an early Nikon F. And he ordered an early Nikon F from BH. BH sent him number 32. Wow. Yeah. The Nikon That's F, crazy. the 32nd one ever made with a cloth shutter. Jeez. My nice. brother calls me from work and he's like, Bill, you're not going to believe this. I got number 32. That's oh, crazy. And it was just like, I saw it. I fired it. I never shot with it. He shot with it a wee bit, but it was just sort of like he had to replace a, he had to do some, replace a furnace at his house. So it was like, and he was a little scared shooting with it because it was kind of like, it got to the point, it's like driving a vintage Porsche yeah. 36. It's like, it's no longer fun. It's a retirement fund on wheels. Uh, right. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. So in the end, he wound up selling it to a, a dealer and he got decent money. Then he bought another older F with a slightly higher serial number for much, much less. And he felt much more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say. But yeah, definitely. number 32. Wow. That's incredible. Oh, I know. And I'm like, do that. Yeah. (laughs) Are you all seeing up there a huge, like there's been a resurgence, of course, obviously in in the compact 35 millimeter cameras, but there is a jump here in the last few months in price of almost all of them. 
Yes. Like, yeah. It used to be just contacts, the con- yeah. yeah, it used to be just the but, contacts. T2 was going to go crazy. and But now it's every it's, single It's one. everything. Yeah. Um, I, I, was at, I was at our local camera dealer. And even she was mentioning that she she's she's bumping up the prices of these to wow and people are still buying them and wow. Burlington Camera is known for having very fair prices, prices on all yeah. their gear. Yeah, I'll not only on the going to a candy store, not oh, only yeah. on the sales side, but when right. they when they buy your kit from you, yeah, Joan is incredibly fair. I mean, I offloaded mm. my Hasselblad 500C system. And got eleven hundred for the whole thing. Oh, great! So Damn. two lenses, waist level finder, forty-five degree metered finder, and uh, three A twelve backs. So got it. Wow. Yeah, that jump yeah. is just you know in in everything and actually all obviously film cameras, but especially like a high like contact six four five or Hasselblad, of course, and Rolleiflex. They've done some jump in the last six. That's mm. been pretty noticeable on the. Yeah. Interesting, because I've seen. Oh God, Joan had a. 2.8 didn't she have a 2.8 f through roll through roll yeah, i think so yeah yeah it was over it was it was not a white face it was over two grand Canadian. Mm-hmm. wow yeah they're, oh i know amazing. i i'm i'm like i'm more of a 3.5 planar right. kind of guy with slightly wider and, and it's funny i recently did a day trip down in niagara on the lake with my girlfriend and i was just sort of looking at the color and i shot color through the rolly and it was like oh damn <laughs> Yeah, and it's like it, it, it's 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 Agfa Optima 100 expired 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> freezer stored. That's yeah. Um, when Agfa Agfa closed down, I think their Canadian distribution, and it was like I think the guy who gave it to me was working for the sister company Bear. They shared distribution, and it said, "Hey man, you want this? It's in back of the freezer in the warehouse." Sure, okay. He was in the photography. So he went into his chest freezer at home. And uh, then it's like I was at a local camera club meeting and say, hey, Bill, do you want some free film? Sure. Here's a brick egg for Optima 100. Have fun. And it's a unique. And I, I was shooting at box speed. No problem. But right. there's a freezer store. Mm-hmm. It's cryogenic. It's like next to Walt Disney's head. Um, <laughs> I, like literally, uh, that's the joys of being in elder care for so long. It's like yes. your sense of humor gets really black. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Like oh, black yeah. holes are white in comparison. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. yeah so it's, I'm shooting at this box speed, but it, it's a color palette that's neither Kodak or Fuji. It's yeah. and it's like yeah, right. I'm enjoying it while I got it because once it's gone, I'll that's mourn it. its loss and I'll move on. <laughs> I'm looking yeah, exactly. at a uh, fridge full of uh, FP100C and FP3000B. Uh, uh, yeah, there is a member of the classic camera revival. She will do a home invasion. Yes. Yeah, you know, oh, I've yes. actually, I feel bad about this. And I've started, I mean, Gabe knows this. I've started giving it away to people. I, I've actually infuriated a number of people on Facebook because every time I see someone offering a pack of like FP100C for sale for $150, yeah. I do the little ha-ha reaction. Nice. And people Nelson. get mad. I've actually gotten DM by a couple of guys who were like, why are you laughing, man? That's what they go for. Have you gone on eBay? They're like 150. It's like, yeah, it's something you paid $9 for. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Some poor schmuck will probably pay 150 for that. I hope you feel better. It's like Brooklyn film camera. They get, they wind up buying inventory up for some retiring photographer who has a studio in Soho. And it's like, yeah, here's the monster fridge I had full of part film. Yeah. 
You want I it? see sure. yeah, whenever Brooklyn yeah. film camera, they're basically Oh yeah. I know. Every time I see them announce one of those flash sales, I get excited for about a fraction of a second. And then I know what it's going to I know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be limit 3 per household, $170 a pack. Yeah. And yeah, like, sign over your firstborn. Right. And I so, want maybe this is the way to finance the uh the uh Ilford witness is just clean out the fridge and trade. I don't know. Would you do that trade? Okay. Would you trade? Oh, it's you could Oh, uh, of course, trade all that pack film for a camera. But wait Nothing a minute, sounds for a camera I cannot use. Pack no. film I am not using, but could for. Now, mm -hmm. why aren't you using it, Mr. Greenstein? Is it because you'd say, I have this nebulous special project in my head, like doing cactuses and Josh? Bill, you, Bill, or... Okay, Bill, you think you know me. And the truth is, you do. That is exactly what I think. That is exactly what I think. Is that this is for my cactus project at Joshua Tree, and it's like I'll get to it someday. Oh man, the fact that you off to Paris, my girlfriend. It's even worse that you said Joshua Tree because that is exactly the kind of application that I had in the back of my mind. I I really am bothered by how you have read my beads so accurately. <laughs> I really, really am bothered by that. But yes, that is what I keep thinking is the death. It will be something contemplative and poetic. And I will use this this one of a kind peel apart film to capture the majesty. Well, it's either that or the Salton Sea, but there are probably too many meth heads down there. Yeah, exactly. You need like a couple of like Marines. <laughs> yes. No, I want to. I keep. I mean, I even have. I have three packs of Polaroid chocolate in there. You guys ever shot oh, with that? Wow, Ooh. that yeah. is a lovely film. It I is. again, I only shot three packs of the stuff. I bought it from Impossible. Oh wow! Right at the beginning, when they were when they were clearing out their warehouse in Enskede, yeah, and it was it really helped fund like getting yes. off the ground. I'm like, absolutely. So I bought a ton of old Polaroid stuff, including three packs of chocolate, and it's like, oh. well, I love this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Gabe, have you used it at all? I'm trying to remember. I have not used it. It is right or alley. I'm mm. try. You know what I did? I'll tell you. And Alex, you should let me know. Um, what's your, what's your favorite EF Canon? Oh, um, that's, that's a hard one. I, I have three. Mm -hmm. I have the, um, I have the original 650. Right. And I got that one off of a great uncle of my wife's. Oh, wow. And he gave it to me original box 518 in the lens and oh, a small flash unit. Wonderful camera. It's a little slow on the autofocus side, but right, right. doesn't miss a beat. Um, I'm sort of tied between the Elon 2E and the uh, 3000. Okay, great. I I have the I had the original and had traded that a long long time ago and then picked up the EOS 3 mm. which I love. I just it was one of those things where I'd never tried it. I tried it out, I loved it, and then of course immediately he's going, "It's a good backup for this." You know, Trevely loves the old Rebels and you know all the uh I yeah, started he, out he, on a Canon Rebel. In fact, I got a Canon Rebel upstairs. The XS, which is about as bottom basement as you get. It was a... Right. The story goes, my mom and dad got it for me as a birthday present. I was working for a firm that... Marketing services firm that technically no longer exists. It got bought out by somebody else. And that got bought by somebody else as well. And anyway, I was... It was given to me as a gift saying, hey, Bill... You're working too hard. You need a hobby. 
let's fast forward a couple of decades and here we are right (laughs) and that said my my one experience outside my canon rebel which is a fun little machine is i a friend of mine lent me his eos one with the sigma 514 art lens that was an insane point and shoot like i I, just heard of aperture priority and went to town and then it was sort of like and then everyone sort of wondered well, what happened, Bill? You get another can? No, I didn't get another EF mount. I wound up with a Nikon F100. Then later after that, my brother picked up an F5. I tried that, struggled with it, then tried it again six months later. And it was like, I need one. Right. Wow. It's just like, I need, and it's just like, even then, I'm still learning more about the F5. That thing is a beast. Yeah, oh, no, it's definitely. A, it's a wonderful camera. Love mine. It's so yeah. cool. And it just like it just does like I took it up with me to northern Muskoka last fall. And it was just like not one bad frame. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I look down my nose at y'all you F5 shooters while I hold my lovely <laughs> F6 in my hand and uh, oh yeah. Go off and let it do everything for me. <laughs> does it I don't know sign complicated insurance forms and iron your shirts? <laughs> that would be the hey, perfect I, camera. Most of the time I'm shooting my F5 in program mode and it just it does everything beautifully. Love it. I haven't uh, done that in program. I've always done aperture priority and on occasion manual. Yeah. Have you reviewed my F6, Alex? Yes, I have. Okay. I couldn't remember. Love that, that thing. Is, that's so cool. How is uh Northern Muskoka? It's beautiful. Like I, 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 we do a retreat. My friends and I do a retreat uh, sort of end of September, early October every year. We're sort of between Huntsville and Algonquin Park, north of Highway 60. Mm -hmm. It's like a slice of heaven. We go hiking in a place called Limberlost Nature Preserve. Wow. And you avoid the crowds of Algonquin Park, which is sort of, I guess I could say it's the pandemic. Everyone then sort of like, well, we can't travel, so let's go explore our own backyard. And again, it's like, you know, even the before times, you had like scores of tour buses. And it's like, okay, this is kind of like killing the back to nature vibe. <laughs> right. Oh, man. It's but so the Limberlost Nature Preserve, few people know about it. It's free to go in for the day. Right. No, that's great. And it's I the same know. landscape. <laughs> so my brother in law's you know, ridiculous place, which I've told you about is, uh, so he's on Lake Rosso. Oh okay. yeah. I know exactly but, where it is. And, um, but I have hockey player heaven, <laughs> hockey player heaven. It's totally is that right? true. What, is that where oh, all the hockey players have their expensive hockey players homes? and yes. actors and blah, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, I think Kurt Russell and uh, Goldie Hawn have yep. a place up that way. I think they, they still do. Yeah. Lake of, yeah. They didn't where they moved to Lake of Bay. Yeah, they, they offended well, a few people while they, while they were there. I don't know if they're there anymore. <laughs> and then they were surprised because they were, they were on their boat and their boat ran out of gas and some other boaters didn't really care who they were. And they just, <laughs> Oh, you need some gas here, here. Here's some gas. Oh no, you don't right. have to pay us to take the gas can. It's what yeah, we yeah. do. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah so they were somewhat flabbergasted by that. I guess, you know, a little it's bit of um, different yeah. environment for them, I suppose, than, uh-huh. than Hollywood, you know. Definitely, but really such a great area. It's a beautiful area. I love oh, it. It's a gorgeous I, area. It's super photogenic. And it's one of those, you want to explore the back roads. In fact, there are all sorts of ghost towns in the area. So it's oh, like that a, I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Especially wow. to go east of 11, there are a couple. Uh, I am a, and yeah, you know, just sort of little like Hamlet. Like I love Dorset because it's like a yeah. little cottage town. Probably yeah. in the off season, the population's like sixty. 
Yeah, and that, oh, that's wow. kind of getting into the neighbor of Muskoka, which is Halliburton. Muskoka has been right. fairly urbanized, but if you kind of go yeah. to the north um, northeast a little bit um, and get into the Halliburton Highlands and then over towards uh, the eastern part of the province and, and north of Ottawa, like in the Bancroft area, yeah, through there, there's lots of old abandoned um, railway railway towns and mining towns and things like that. Um, if you want the really good abandoned mining towns, you go north of North Bay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you get into places like um, Old Tire. Old Tire is a that's a weird little town. Oh wow. Um, they um, they had a gold mine up there, the Ross Mine. It shut down, and the town's still there. Um, I think they've started knocking knocking down the buildings, but it was basically abandoned in place, and everything was left there. Oh yeah! Wow! Right yeah, down to, more right down to the original transit notebooks. Wow! Yeah, it, it's really it, like Canada is such a vast landmass that, like, and especially with the winters, like if you go up and you start exploring in the northern part of the province and Manitoba, so right. what you'll find is in the winter time they have basically ice roads they're not you can't travel them uh in in the summertime because the it's it's all muskeg and muskeg is basically um a quickstand that grass has grown over oh my god so if you drive on you it, canadians yeah we're always weird. inventing yes yeah. <laughs> it's more so like it's, a very specialized landscape yeah. it's like anyone from the south is like so you, you can't my god the bugs them. will kill us or we'll freeze to death in the winter right <laughs> So because you can't get to them during the summer months, what happens is people that have created these little towns and businesses on these islands that are no longer inhabited. Um, and the only way they got to them before was they would drive on them in the ice roads. This is like back from the 40s to the 60s, they would do this. Right. So if you go out there in a boat and you explore these islands, you find these isolated, run, like just, you know, abandoned communities and like, like that's where you'd want to take your X-Pan and spend a few weeks, get a guide and a boat and just bring a load of film, bring your large format. Yeah. Do your thing. Hey, you know what? Get that, um, that FP 100 C and that all that stuff out of your fridge. And that's where you want to go. There you <laughs> right. go. There you go. Right. And bleach, the, bleach the peel apart thing. Cause yes, that's right. That's right. Good point. Oh, that's <laughs> the problem is what'll happen is I'll bring it and the X panel fail on the first day, like it did. Right, I'll have to bring the backup as well. Oh. Always bring a backup. Yeah. Always this bring is a the backup. Thing. I, this is the only electronic camera I own, guys. You know, you're talking about your like Elons and your F6s and stuff. I have no autofocus cameras, zero. Mm. And this is the only camera I have, other than like a couple of like, you know, I have a Canon sure shot. Uh owl date point and shoot oh, but other man. than that <laughs> other than that this that's this, all that's almost like a tween camera the owl it, i know it, totally. it, i know it kind it's of it's not is. even an aunt betty camera it's a no. it's, it's a britney camera absolutely true absolutely true fair fair point but i uh i absolutely steal steer clear of any camera that's electronic because I just know it'll fail. And the X Pan is doing to me exactly what I knew it would do well, when hey, I bought it. Here's a backup right. for you. In honor of Mike Gutterman, get yourself an APS-C, put it in your pocket. Oh, if you 100%. need 16 by nine, oh, there you 100%. go. <laughs> you know, and by the way, and apropos of your adventures with Canon EOS cameras, I mean, Gabe knows this story. I, uh, when I was working on a little show called Will and Grace, um, the 
uh, writers received as a gift from the network, we all got Canon A2E cameras, which was the oh, wow. the American version of the EOS 5. There's a slight difference between the A2E and the EOS 5. Very, very excited. I had never owned a 35 millimeter autofocus camera. I went out and shot with this. Really thrilling. My family was going on a three-week cross-country bus tour of the United States. Like we had rented a tour bus from a company that books tours for rock bands. And we had a driver and we were gonna go all over the place. And so I'm gonna bring the A2E and I'm gonna shoot the magnificent back roads of this great country. I brought my Olympus 35 RD as a backup just in case. And also if I didn't wanna haul around a big camera over my shoulder all the time. The A2E's command dial broke on the first day of the trip. And I no. shot the entire trip with the Olympus rangefinder. Oh. Where are the moans of horror? Like, yeah. You know what? There's probably an Olympus Rangefinder Facebook group. They're sitting there going, hell yeah. Yes. Right, exactly. And I had the A2E repaired because apparently there's this little plastic nub in the command dial that's known to break that they eventually. So I had it fixed and then upgraded to an EOS 5. And I'm like, I'm going to give this camera another shot. And I just never bonded with it. It's too plasticky. It doesn't feel good in my hand. It's got that like you know, Jujaro, like, you know, extruded Canon T90 kind of feel to it that I just do not like. Actually, Jujaro worked on Nikon. Canon had, a, I think it was a German designer that... Oh, wait a yeah, second. Turner no, you're right. It, no, it's another Italian guy, but it's not Jujaro. You're right. It's a different guy who did the T90. Yeah, another crazy on, Italian. Right. Another right. crazy Italian trying to change the shape of our cameras. Nothing was wrong with this. Metal, metal, hard edges. This is the perfect shape. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah. When you're out of film, a, you yeah. can hit somebody with it. <laughs> I'm a luddite. Exactly. You can brain an intruder. Oh, yes. Exactly. Yeah, that's why thing. I love knicker mats so much. You can buy Absolutely. them for 100 bucks. Yes. Another 60 gets you the the Nikkor H50F2. You're in business. That right. yep. Yes, I completely agree with that. I, I that's another camera inexplicably cheap. I don't know why those cameras are so cheap. Because hipsters find them too heavy and the uh, controls are a little weird for them unless you're an Olympus shooter. You just need the right celebrity to pick one up and put it on. I know. That's all. That's all. I know. I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like that's weirdly. What was it? Was it Stranger Things where they featured a Pentax ME or something and suddenly everyone is right? And now Mm. everyone wants it. I mean, I love the ME and the MX. And I was so excited for the longest time because I would say, keep your K1000. Who cares? The K1000 is a piece of garbage next to an ME Super. And then now all the ME Supers, like people picked up on it. Well, oh, the, K, the I, K1000 I, still selling high cocktails. Well, that's the funny thing, because I think Joan at Burlington Camera basically called the K1000 the Crown Victoria of cameras. <laughs> they, they, they were owned by police forces everywhere, but yes. then sold off at auction to taxi companies who in turn put another 150,000 miles on it. Yeah. Yeah. To the point like the chassis is to sparks underneath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, never, I just don't understand it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's funny because then people like, what's the KM? What's the KX? And what's the K2? And yeah. Yeah. You know, I still have a pair of KMs and a K2. I sold my KX and. At some point, I'm probably going to part ways with those three bodies because I just don't shoot with them. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I have a half-frame KX. Ooh, oh, really? Cool. Yes, I do. Law it appears, I, I, I don't know where this thing... I Gabe knows that I bought this at the Pasadena Camera Show, which used to okay. be our temple. And the seller had this. He had no idea what its provenance, but it was a very carefully re-engineered 
KX. It said on the rail, all right, get your mash jokes ready. It said modified by Klinger on the film rail. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. I don't, That's so I don't, good. But Klinger. it, it had, uh, it this is part of what I love under the under the Pentax logo on the Pentaprism, there was a a new plate that had been kind of bolted to the front that said half frame, right. and then it had a proper half frame film gate, right? Ooh. And this was the part I loved the best: the frame counter. Okay, they had replaced the frame counter with a piece of index card stock on which they had carefully written the numbers. Oh wow! No way. So That's and cool. it works perfectly it works absolutely perfectly and i don't understand where this thing came from i've never been able to figure out what the source of this why would you choose a kx like of all the cameras to choose no i've i've heard of half frame but the real question is does it look good in a dress it looks (laughs) there you go alex with the with the clinger joke yes it looks (laughs) now does it have a mud hens baseball cap they're also very good toledo that's right um, but yeah, it's, you know, you guys know I'm a freak for half frame cameras. I also have the rare Pentax MF, which is the half frame medical variant of the ME. Oh yeah. Ooh. And I had it re-engineered by our local camera repair guy to replace the, the aerial finder with a proper piece of ground glass. So it is a perfectly functioning Pentax half frame ME super. Hmm. I know you're seething with jealousy, seething. <laughs> And yet I passed up a a Nilford. I passed up. (laughs) That's totally. Well, again, there is a writer's strike on, so you have to share both your money. That's true. Yeah, it's a bad strike. Is the Canadian Writers Guild in solidarity with us? I have no idea. I would think so. Gosh, yeah. I don't hear of anything going on because I know, I think Strange New Worlds is shot up here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's sort of ground to a halt. Oh, okay. I just want to I make think. sure we're not shipping jobs. No, I doubt I don't think it. There's too much production going on here right now. Okay. Unless it's like homegrown or it's stuff from elsewhere that's shooting here. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully that comes to a resolution soon. It's been going yeah. on now for two and a One half months. Month. A month. Just oh, a month. month. I know it feels like a lot more. Yeah. But yes. One- Uh, (laughs) let me ask you guys this we talked about this on the show too because i was talking about incredible it was to go to this camera show our pasadena camera show do you guys have regular camera shows in your area that you go to yeah yeah there's um there's a smaller one and a big one the big one happens um twice a year yeah and then the smaller ones i think they happen every two three months yeah just, just to be clear our definition of camera show is giant swap meet yeah right. yeah. yeah yeah love it yeah 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 it's basically i, I kind of coined it to friends it's it's the teddy bears picnic it's like, <laughs> it, 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 the usual suspects show up <laughs> yeah. yep. and Boy. there's there's chances to get um good deals here and there i know um one guy comes in from the detroit area just with boxes of Abraham, yeah, with just boxes of film. Oh wow! And and, and like obscure ex- films too, and hard to find. And like he's yeah. he's always been very fair to deal with. And it's like, mm-hmm. Abraham, where do you like mm-hmm. find this stuff? And like, he I don't also know, attics he's crawling his... and estate sales and yeah. things like that. Maybe like, like a abandoned camera stores in Indiana or something. Like you know, or abandoned high school dark rooms in Detroit. Yeah, right. yeah. I, no, I there, know. there's there's deals to be had. There's some people who you know put a bit of a high price tag on some stuff it's like really yeah 
but there is and the nice thing is people also will you can bring your gear and you can sell it to the people there and or do do trades it's it's actually really nice oh see that's what we had if you guys make a trip to new york there is a store that has been there since I was little, and the first time I went to it, go. It's K and M Camera. Oh yeah, oh, that's down on Broadway. My brother no, lived in China. Chu. It's yeah, Chris Chu, who's a great photography. He um he took me there, and their used apartment. It's a tiny area with thousands of cameras. I've oh, it's where I got the second. That's where I sent I sent Jeff yeah. there, but I was just drooling over you know everything that was there, and you know prices were. You know, some were high, some were a little mm-hmm. more normal, but it was just spectacular to be in a place with that many. And they cameras. don't have their inventory on, no. so you like no. have to you have to go to the place. Oh, no, nice there. Yeah. yeah, there was a really cool camera store in New York. My brother took me to because he was, my brother worked in New York City for a couple of years, right, a decade ago. So he was living in Battery Park City. He said, "Hey, Bill, let's go to." I, I kind of told him about this place called Lens and Repro, which was sort of in yeah, where was it? It's it's. Around 12th. Yeah, I remember like Broadway yeah. slightly. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, Bri- not Brian Park. No, 12th would be too, too south for Brian Park. No, I'm trying to think of that little square and I'm, my brain's gone a blank. Washington, Washington square? square? No, that's Greenwich Village. Uh, yeah. It's like maybe 10 minute walk northwest of like the Strand bookstore. And there's no storefront. You go into like you see the address. You walk in. It looks like an office building from like 1920. Right. There is a small elevator. You go into the elevator. Oh. The door closes. Then you turn 90 degrees. There's another door that opens on the side, and then you're in the store. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff there like black Leica 3Gs. Uh, you know, I was stupid. I should have like stuff that should have bought. And they also they're big a big chunk of their business was renting vintage cameras out to film shoots. Wow. Oh, that's cool. shows. And sadly yep. they went, they, the guy who owned it retired and he sold his, all his inventory to Adorama. And I think I remember this place, Bill. I, I it was, was a lot of the, cam- were a lot of the cameras like in glass cases, like a jewelry yeah. store. Yeah. yeah. I went to this yep. place. I remember this and I know exactly where you're talking about. It was just a block or two from where the Leica store used to be. Where yeah. I remember like you could hit the them both on the same too. one. Tomorrow yeah, that's was right. In the same was there the Leica gallery was. Yeah. I remember going yeah. and it was, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying, Bill. It was like this treasure house. Like they had this yeah. the most amazing. I remember seeing like, yeah, like black, black Leica threes and things like just stunning stuff that they had there that was far, far out of reach. Yeah. And it's disappeared. Mm-hmm. But uh, this place, K&M is a real find. And like uh, this, it's, it's, it presents like it's a standard like rental house. Where yeah, you would rent like a like bank of a LED store. lights yeah. or something. Yeah, but you get in the back. First thing I saw when I go to the back, and I went there explicitly because I knew they had an X-Pan in stock because Gabe had done me a solid and scoped it out. But they actually had two. And, uh, first thing I see on the shelf, three Minolta CLEs and a fourth one in gold. Oh, wow. Whoa. Okay, now I know where it was. It was uh, Union Square. Yes. That yes. sounds right. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, it's like I right. had that sort of like middle-aged brain fright going, I know where it is. It's not. Yeah. It's not Bryant Park. It's further south. Yeah, north of the Strand. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Union Square. Of course, I pulled it up on the Google Maps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that place, yes, that was. But yeah, so there was a lot of those hidden gems. That it's just yeah. like I'm, it's. I'm sad it's gone, but yeah, we don't. Well, Gabe went to a camera shop in Ventura that looked amazing in Ventura, yeah, California. Like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was. It was one of those stores you walked into and. 
you're just like, where have you been? <laughs> It's just, just sort of like you drive past it. it, you don't pay attention. Yeah, never, One day, never. It just yeah. sort of magically appears. It's like some weird bit of magical realism. It's like, Mr. Sachs, we've been expecting you. <laughs> we have something here if you might be of interest. I love it. Really fun stuff. And they still, you know, I'm a big fan of when they still have grab bags, you know, like they're just a junk area that you can go through. Yeah. Pick. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But they tell you that everything's pretty much broken, but there's always some treasures in there. So I love that. Sort of almost by the pound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's another good idea. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah, we had a, 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 a camera chain here that had an outlet store that sort of ran like that. And they, they oh, had, yeah, Henry. And a guy who ran the used film camera section was a real character. And I wound up buying my Pentax Spotmatic F often because he was humanity nice humongous Spotmatic fan. Sadly, the F now needs some service because it's like I've owned it for over 18 years. <laughs> wow. wow, that's a great machine. That's that's I mean, again, that's it's fun funny. I, I I don't bond it, I never bonded with the game out stuff, but the Spotmatics yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, I just wintertime, but I love them in the warm weather. They're great. <laughs> right. No, that is definitely it's so funny because that. I did a grab bag. I don't know if you guys heard this. It was a photographer who did, was getting rid of a bunch of stuff, cleaning out his closets. And for 50 bucks, he guaranteed. Oh you yeah. A, Mark O'Brien. Mark O'Brien. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, I a, great I guy. So yeah. fun. And you so, got some great stuff, right? Yeah. I said, I said, Mark, I got to do it for the show. <laughs> and so I did it. It was fantastic. All kinds of fun odds and ends. Oh. And the Spotmatic was in there. I mean, a friend of mine and I took Marco Bryan on a photo walk in February in Toronto. And oh, cool! And he loved it. Again, he's he was living in Michigan, so for him, it's like, well, it's Tuesday. Yeah, and right. Everyone else, some more warmer clients, be crying horribly because it's like winter and it was snowing. But it, again, we got some really gorgeous photos, and we saw we showed him parts of the Toronto that you know most people tend to kind of stick downtown. Yorkville. Right, right. Okay, we took him out to the East End in the beaches and showed him the RC Harris water filtration plant, which is this brilliant bit of architecture. And we have a thing called Doors Open, which once a year you're allowed to go in. And the interior is just stunning bit wow, of industrial architecture. Cool. I love it. Yeah, we, we have area. a sewage plant here that has been like an establishing shot in like the Matrix yeah. and NCIS. It's like a, it's like one of the most, sadly, it's one of the most beautiful pieces of architecture in all of Los Angeles. And it's a sewage treatment plant in Reseda. Oh, hell, R.C. Harris has been used as uh, the backdrop for so many film and TV shows. It's been an insane asylum, a yeah. superhero <laughs> layer, a superhero layer. Yeah. Uh, um, an evil think tank, yeah. Um, resistance base, so that's um, the pretender and earth final conflict. Oh, wow, that's amazing! I love it. Uh, I may need to bug out soon, gentlemen. So, if you want to hit us with a lightning round, mm. I'm not sure if you have. <laughs> so, what film stock are you, are you are you really enjoying shooting today? Like, what's what's your sort of like, I feel like I'm grabbing this or. Well, let's just say you're headed to Paris again. What's what's going to oh, wind yeah. up in your bag? I mean, for me, what well, what went to Paris was Portra 400. That's what went mm. to Paris. And well, even something though, like that, yeah, it's worth it twenty dollars a roll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But my go-to stock that I'm shooting more than anything um, is Double X 250. Oh, I buy nice. it from yeah. I bulk yeah. loading it. I buy it from Ultrafine online. It's about a hundred bucks US mm. for a hundred foot roll. And 
I just, you know, and I do my own processing because I'm an idiot. I use a monobath because I'm, I don't have the head to do anything more advanced than that. So I use DF96, you know, Sinistel's DF96 monobath. And Works that combo great. is great. I am so unsophisticated, but I, I'm so unsophisticated that I'm doing all this with a lab box. Okay. So I am like a third grader. Okay. I'm using <laughs> the, the simplest combo, but it is so great. I mean, I love the feel of double X to me. It is just like just a notch past tri X of like slightly mellower contrast, slightly mm -hmm. less green and 200 speed, you know, out here in LA, 400 speed is almost too much because the light yeah. is so harsh out here. Well, it's like yeah. in LA, it's like you might as well be like, if I were to wind up in LA tomorrow, I'd just be taking bulk loaded rolls of Orwo UN 54. I have been shooting a lot of, I spent a lot of the spring shooting Ilford Pan F. I was yeah. bulk loading Ilford Pan F and really enjoying like shooting a fine grained, you know, slower speed Pan film. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, I'm still looking for the elusive uh, replacement for Panatomic X. Uh, some people tell me our Aroli RPX 25 is the answer. Very close. I, eh, yeah, it's 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 really close. Um, I've done a side by no, I've done a side by side comparison. Of yeah, RPX I think I read that. Alice. Yeah, to APX. Yeah, um, probably the closest thing I've found is um, take your T Max 100, shoot it at 32. Really? Oh, interesting. Yep. And, what? Um, I'm writing this down wait, now. We're writing this down exactly right. T Max 100 at 32, and process normally. Um, no, pull process. Oh, at 32, so, and pull it, uh, and um, pull it. Yeah. Oh. So I do um, pull it reduction. one stop or two stops. One and a half. I'm that's writing good, this down. That's a good thing. You're going to regret giving up this formula, Mr. Bond. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wow. What a great tip. I well, love it. So, Gabe, what are you shooting? What stock have you been playing with of late that you've fallen in uh, love with? I've been playing with older Acros 100. Oh, nice. now you're talking my life. Uh, yeah. I... I think James is still working on his uh, refrigerated container. I have all Lacrosse the Lacrosse that overlapped in Canada. Look, I even have my little Lacrosse pen here. Oh, I nice. love that. I love it. I just love it. I mean, I just, and it's also, it's that kind of film I rediscovered as well because I had a bunch of it, you know, from yeah. a while ago. And I just still, you know, it's one of those things that's. Yeah, I like to mm -hmm. shoot it at 80 and, uh, and stupid and perceptal. Oh, cool. That's a good nice. choice. Yeah, if you, if you can find a Microdoll X clone, I would go with that. Right. I love that was the when I was learning to shoot and process film Microdol X. The I shot Tri X Legacy Pro Microdol X. Yeah, yeah. yeah Legacy I've Pro does Mic X. It's yeah. an exact clone. That's great. What are they? Um, what was missing when I when I went to downtown camera and I was talking to those guys? They said there was something hard to get at the time. Maybe it's not anymore. I don't know if it was something as basic as D seventy six, but there was something that. They were having issues getting. Into Could have been D seventy six. That was mm -hmm. the whole uh, chemical. The brown, the brown, the brown batch. Brown issue, and now Sino Promise getting out of chemistry altogether. So it's like I guess everyone's sort of getting acquainted with clones. Interesting. So you know, I I switched from HC one ten to Ilfatec HC a couple of years back, and haven't looked back. It's like, oh really? Oh, tell me that. What's the uh, what was the big difference? It's there's no British. difference. No difference. None. That's it. Oh, it's yeah. British D76. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, ideal level. It handles D76. the same. It's got the same shelf life. It's not like Ilfasol uh, where you look at it the wrong way. It'll turn color. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's a great one, too. Thank you. 
Yeah, the, only thing, the only thing to keep in mind with Ilford chemicals, short shelf life. Ah, okay. I have been lucky with Ilfatech HC. I, I again, I decant them down into smaller bottles. Yeah. So this I'm is this is what I'm doing with my uh, high high uh, concentration developer. So this is HD 110. I mm -hmm. just split them into like four ounce bottles, and then I just use the four ounce bottles, so I don't have to keep opening. Oh, the you're big not bottles. exposing it to air. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Of course, someone thinks of that, James. Yes. <laughs> We're sitting there sniffing the chemicals. <laughs> hey, I, I, brain cells. I yes. still have my original bottle of Ilfatech HC that I got two years ago, and it's still going. Oh, there oh, you go. That's well, that's yeah, yeah I think great. the HC is probably better. Um, but the um, what's the other one? The Ilfotech is um, very short. Is it Ilfotech? Ilfasol, rather. Ilfasol 3, yeah. Right. That stuff goes bad by looking at it. <sighs> Yeah. Are you making a snide remark? It'll go bad. Yeah, I have one here <laughs> unopened. So I um yeah, I gotta do that. Yeah, once you once you peel that foil like seal, the clock is on. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, definitely. Actually, one developer I really like is Adox FX39, because I've been sort of a great developer. Oh shooting a fair bit of Adox CHS 102, which is another mm -hmm. lovely medium speed film. If you can find and the FX39, it's a brilliant combination. FX39, nine minutes. Um, <laughs> what was the dilution for Acros again, Alex? I can't remember. Um, one to nine. One to nine. Yeah. Acros will sing with that stuff too. So nice. Mm -hmm. All right. The world is ending. <laughs> so being invaded by aliens. You have yes. to document your legacy in film. What camera yes. do you pull off the shelf? Okay. Why, well, why, I, why? I, okay. Am Definitely going to okay. Wait, wait. The world's ending. I still think. Oh, I I'm should say the human race is ending. The world will still be here. Well, this will be before us. I still think I'm going to get the. I'm going to take the um the M6 with my old 35, the first camera I ever traded everything I owned to get when I had two dollars. And I uh I think it would be that one. That's your post-apocalypse. Yeah, I think. All right. Let me ask some questions about why the can't the the question is posed this way. <laughs> yes. Uh. Because I, I really think if we are facing the apocalypse, I would not want to face it with an X-Pan. No. <laughs> because I believe that I would get the first shot of like, you know, the Skynet worms descending right. and then the right. camera would lock up. So I right. can't do that, right? No, yeah. the purpose is to document your legacy. So oh, whenever yeah. the uh, archaeologists of 3,000 years from now dig up those negatives, yeah. they're going to, you know. Yeah, it's got Alpha 11 SI. I mean, it's mechanical and it's got the best lens I have ever used. The 50 millimeter F1.9 Kern Macro Switar. There is, I mean, it is the, the absolute... camera for left-handed people. Uh, no, 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 ah. it's not for left-handed, but it's for people whose fingers are on backwards. Right. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People who have the thumb on the right side instead of on the left. <laughs> right. It, yeah. Of course, it winds from front to back, which makes absolutely no sense. Or people who don't mind having their glasses hit every time they like. Uh, anyway. Right. But yeah. no, it's mechanical, so relatively reliable, and that lens. That's what I would do because that mm. lens is nice. focuses down to like you know about two inches. It's incredible. I would have to do that. Plus, I it would become even rarer. Like there are yeah. only four hundred and twenty-five of them now, right? <laughs> but after the apocalypse, it's entirely possible I will have the only surviving one That's as true. I expire from radiation poisoning, and this, no the one value to enjoy of this it thing will spike. <laughs> Maybe I'll be able to trade it for clean water. 
Yeah. I'll or, you know, it. a recipe on how to make cockroach protein tastes more like chicken that's exactly right <laughs> who doesn't want that when the world's ending exactly mm, yes ask me the soylent green yeah exactly mm. all right one more gentleman then i got a bolt it, i know you have one more in the chamber one more in the chamber <laughs> maybe not if you had to throw a camera out what would it be right now oh, the oh one no oh, okay <laughs> well Okay, you're going to hate this. I was actually thinking about this on the plane. I just flew in from uh, New York yesterday, and I was thinking about this very fact, because I have not been out of town for a few weeks, haven't thought about the camera collection. You know what is sitting on the shelf that I really think I have to get rid of? Pentax 6x7. No. I know, Gabe. Gabe really? Oh, I know no. it's like a knife in the heart. for. Uh, this for me, too. It's my favorite medium format I, camera. I, I know. I am just, guys, I feel that I'm not shooting with it. And I think that's unfair to the teaming masses who want that exquisite machine. It is. You know, a we talk about this on the show a lot. I, like, to keep a camera out of circulation like that is a sin. That's why I dumped the Hasselblad. Same I with me. I haven't touched it in two years. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Gabe? to see it used. What's the one you're dumping? I think I'm dumping over. I think it's going to be the uh, the Minolta TLR that I just oh, always say I'm going to pick up and use. Yeah, I, I always say I'm going to pick it up and use it. And I used it once and I just feel like it's time. Wow. That's mm -hmm. fair. I mean, dude has 40 other TLRs. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that one's got to go. So yeah. it will not be missed. You, you're the one. Well, yes. in Gabe's defense, the, the auto and I owned a God Accord briefly before I traded it for enough and a half. Uh huh. Uh, it's weird. It's kind of ass backwards because you load <laughs> the film at top and it goes to the oh. bottom. Right. Okay. Right, right. And if you're used to shooting Rolly Flex, Rolly Cord, the Mamiya C series, which I love my C220, and it's like sure. it's always film starts at the bottom, goes to the top. But Minolta does everything backwards. Yeah. I thought it's a bad thing. It's amazing glass. I love the glass on it. The Roker glass yeah. is dreamy. But the only other Achilles heel of it is the focusing lever, which was made of like zinc oh, alloy yeah. hot metal. Yeah. Which, you know, I've seen websites, you know, if you're good at metal work, you, the, you know, here's how you can make it out of brass. Wow. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you, Gabe, on the automatic, yeah. the, the auto cord. Sorry. Gonna have yeah. to go. A Minolta mm. fan will be chomping at the bit. Yes. Right. Yes, they uh, will. Right. Well, I guess we, we've reached that point in the show. We've got to wrap it up. So it's Bill Smith's saying, stay cool. Well, literally stay cool. We're in the middle of a heat wave up here and shoot lots of film. I'm Alex Lokes. What are we going to do today? Same as we always do. Try and take over the world. <laughs> this is James Lee. Hey, you want to make a, a small fortune collecting uh, film cameras? Start with a big one. Jeff. Oh, am I supposed to chime in now? I didn't yeah, realize. Yeah, you are. That's like we oh, were I apologize. I forgot the protocol. Okay, this is Jeff Greenstein saying, follow us on Instagram, I dream of cameras. <laughs> this is Gabe Sachs. Do not ever find yourself in a position where you're buying two X-Pans. Just buy a car and be happy. <laughs> so very true.
Just look it up. It's up 36% between February and April. CNN says it's the hot new virus no one's talking about. 